What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? I hate average podcast back with another week, another episode. Man, this was a lot of fun. I had a cool conversation with Miss Phoenix Williams. We're gonna get to that in a second, but I wanted to thank you guys again for your continued support. I don't know what's going on, but the numbers are going up randomly. Um, not randomly. I mean, we've been doing this for a while, and thank you guys for if you're sharing it or if you. If you're just listening to episodes uh, more than once, thank you guys for the continued support. I appreciate that. As always, just continue to let me know you're listening. You can share it on your stories. I hate average podcast. You can email me show at averagej.com. I always appreciate that. Just the feedback. Let me know what you like, what you don't like, who you want to hear, who you don't want to hear. Right. So just thank you for the continued feedback and the continued support. Here's my episode with Phoenix Williams. We had a great conversation about how she began her career and how she decided to, you know, not follow the beaten path, not go the quote unquote right way, but to follow her passion and follow her heart and uh, do what was inside of her, which is why we had these amazing books that she's written. So check out my conversation with Phoenix Williams. You probably read one of her books. Uh, if you haven't, you need to. She's the paperback pornographer, Phoenix Williams. How you doing? <laughs> I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I am great. You know, I we we talked about it before we got on, and uh, I I just I, I like that title so much, I had to use it. I'm gonna get that copyright and I'll put a trademark on it. It's gonna be on some T-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Uh, so, besides being the paperback pornographer, um, just get it into writing. Period. What's the Phoenix Williams story? All right, the Phoenix Williams story, depending on who you ask, is quite tragic. I was going to school to be a lawyer. And I dropped out a semester before completing that goal Um, because I didn't want to be a lawyer. I wanted to do me. My parents were like, oh, you're so smart. You're so good at that. Just go. And I really, like, don't get me wrong. I really appreciate my parents because they were, like, super champions in my corner. You can do it. You can do it. And then I dropped out. And it was like, what the hell are you doing? So <laughs> uh, I was like, well, no, I'm going to be a writer. And my dad was like, no daughter of mine is going to be a starving artist. I'm like, I got this watch. <laughs> so I dropped out. I, had, I already had my child. I had my son when I was 17. And okay. I went off to college. And then Which is a feat in itself, you know, having the child young and making it to college and getting into law school. Uh, yeah, it was like it was a lot of work. I'm not gonna lie, it was a lot of work, it was a lot of sleepless nights, but it was definitely worth it and then I then I quit. <laughs> um, <laughs> so once I quit, I, my best friend, she was like, You're so miserable, Phoenix, like, what's wrong? I'm like, Girl, I won't be nobody's lawyer, like that's not the life I'm cut out for. Like, I don't like to argue. Yeah. I wanted like a peaceful life and when you're a lawyer, like all you do is argue. Plus I wanted to be able to watch my son grow up. True. And True. everybody that I knew who was a lawyer was yeah. like missing from their child's yeah, lives because they were spending so much week, time. Yeah. 
Yeah, like they was like living at the office, and I'm like, I can't, like, I got like a whole child. I can't just be <laughs> at somebody's office. Yeah, it's true. It's true. <laughs> so I quit school. I came back home, and then on April 20th, 2012, I woke up in the morning. I called my best friend Norma and my best friend Brittany, and I was like, I'm going to write a book. And they was like, bitch, do it. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> That was so the confirmation you needed, person. right? <laughs> That's all I needed. Everybody was like, no. And they was like, just do it. I was like, okay. So I did. It actually worked out pretty well for the first I would say three to four years, I was self-published. I knew nothing. And now that I look back, I was doing it all wrong. Wow. Um, but I, I went out there. I was hustling. Like, I had books in the trunk. I was pushing on the street corners. Like, you was going to buy this book if you came across me. <laughs> well, we was not going to have no problem. Give me your money and take this damn book and then read it and let me know what you think. Exactly. And then finally, Tamika Newhouse, who uh, owned Delphi Publications, Okay. She contacted me and was like, I want to work with you. And I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. Wow. So it was just a, a chance meeting, kind of? Yo, she called me, you know. And so I was like, oh, that's the stuff. Because she had seen my stuff online. Okay. And because um, I had reached out to her like months before. And I didn't think that she was ever going to get back to me. And she did. And she had like researched me, seen the brand, wow. and seen the vision. But no one else seen the vision. She saw it. Wow. So uh, while you was in law school, uh, just having the, the the mindset to write a book, was you always an artistic person, or it was just something that, like an epiphany that came to you that you knew you could do it? I've always loved to read, mm-hmm. and I've always loved to write. My mom would tell a story about how the very first book I read was the dictionary. Uh-huh. I have mm-hmm. always been in love with words. And so I was like, you know what? And, and then my exes would probably tell you, I'm a pretty good liar. So, you know, <laughs> that's fiction right there. I can go ahead and use these skills. Okay. And <laughs> make some money. So exactly. that's what I did. But it wasn't about the money for me at the time. It was more like for the art of it. True. So instead of using your lying skills to in, to be a lawyer, you use it to be a novel writer. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, that's amazing. So you you decide to write now. What made you decide on the the genre? Because you you tell love stories and kind of uh, very descriptive love love stories. So what made you feel confident enough to to write that? I always say I didn't choose erotica. Veronica chose me, okay? <laughs> I was about that thug life. No, okay. So we were, uh, I started out writing street lit, honestly. Okay. Uh, I started uh, my very first novel, uh, my very first series, rather, the Bird Family series, is all about um, a former drug lord who now has to come back to Chicago to deal with the mess that his sisters are in. Wow. And so that was the first series. And then the second series, which really kicked off my career, really kicked off the whole erotica thing for me was the Sex Lives and Friendship series. Mm. And that right there, it all started from a short story I had written maybe like five years ago. I wrote a short story called Life's Camera Action, and it was about a cam girl and (laughs) who uh, was on the cam, and the guy who she was performing for happened to be her ex-husband's best friend. And so 
Yeah, and so that's where the story came from. My best friends were like, um, where's the rest of this? So I was exactly. like, girl, that's not fair. I'm busy. <laughs> <laughs> that story's done. They're like, no, the story's not done. We need that yeah, whole story. Yeah, so. The backstory, what happened after all of that. Exactly. Look, they were telling us, like, look, I'm on tour right now. I don't have time. And so finally I did sit down, like, around uh, Christmas time and wrote that. It was supposed to be just a one-book thing. It ended up being a four-book series. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. That's definitely amazing. So, of of course, uh, people are, there's a lot of writers, and especially nowadays, a lot of people are putting out a lot of content, period. So, how do you come up with the stories? How is, how is it, how it's so readily available to you? Because, you know, sometimes people write books, they write memoirs, which is just their life stories. It's kind of easy to tell, but just having the imagination to write novels is kind of difficult. Well, I think it's all about keeping your eyes open. Mm. I get inspired by the life that's going on around me. Mm. So and when I go out and I'll meet somebody, I'm like, you know what? You will make a great character. And uh, so <laughs> a lot of people I come across, uh, like who end up, you know, becoming friends of mine, end up being characters in my books. And so inspiration is there. If you are an author, inspiration is there. If you're telling me I'm not inspired or I have nothing to write about, it is because you have not gone outside. Mm. Mm. Everything's right there for you. That's true. It's like you could you could look at like the postman. You like you know it could that could be a character. <laughs> Exactly. Let your mind wonder. Like, I wonder what the postman doing. Is he have a wife? <laughs> is he cheating on her with the neighbor because he dropped out? He over at her a whole lot, wow, dropping out them packages <laughs> even on Sundays. That's, <laughs> that's that's actually smart. Is is it's crazy how easy and quick that is just to come up with the whole story, the whole scenario, and to figure out uh, the whole concept of. Just one character could branch off into, like you said, a whole series of books because people live. Exactly. Yeah, it's very interesting. So when you told your parents the genre you was going to write in, you know, from go- being a lawyer to writing basically to initially street lit, uh, what was their reaction to that? Okay, so when it came to the erotica, I didn't tell them shit. They had to find out they all. <laughs> I mean, how I would be like, hey, Dad, let me tell you, as your only daughter, let me go ahead and just let you tell, let me tell you, but I'm about to write about all this freak shit I used to do back in college. And then, there you go. No, I'm not telling him that. <laughs> but when it came to the street list, my, like that book had already been out. I was okay. just re-releasing it underneath the publisher. Okay. And so their main concern, my father was like, it opens up with a lady just cursing out a man. Yeah. And I was like, well, that's how, you know, life goes. You at a restaurant, he acting crazy, you got to pull up that clown suit sometimes. So <laughs> he was like, <laughs> he was like, well, can you tone down the cursing? I'm like, okay, so I did. The main problem they had was the title of that particular book. I did not pick this title. The title was To Love a No Good Nigga. I didn't pick it. (laughs) The publisher picked the title. We're re-releasing that book now. That's a a rough title. (laughs) We're changing it now. It's like the third or fourth year or five year. It's some anniversary. So we're changing it up, and it's now going to be the uh, Sex, Love, and Other Drugs. Okay. That's what it's going to be now. Okay. But in the beginning, it wasn't that. <laughs> it it sounds, sounds a little calmer, a little, a little less harsh. 
Yeah, I was like, okay, she gonna pick that title. All right, going to go ahead and just roll with it. You know, I'm new here. Whatever you say, boss. <laughs> <laughs> so, so how how was initially self publishing? That sounds kind of daunting and difficult. Like, what what's the, what's your steps? Like, you, you you wrote everything down. You broke down your ideas. Now, what made you think like, all right, let me put this out and actually sell it to people? So when I was doing it, again, I was doing this wrong, but yeah. when I was doing it, I was really trying to get like a big publishing deal. So what okay. I did, I figured, okay, let me go ahead and put it out on Amazon. If I sell enough books, they'll come to me. A lot of times as authors, we're stuck in the creative part and then we don't go over to the business part. Sure. So it's a literary business. You have to treat it like a business. We all put our books out like, okay, it's going to go number one. And then we said, you know, when our books don't go platinum, they go wood. You know, you have to be able to put some marketing behind that. I had no marketing plan. And so my first couple of books, like, they were major flops. But I'm glad I did it like that as a self-published author because I was so green and just so just like naive that I was excited when I saw one copy. Right. And when I saw two, like now, like I'm kind of jaded. I'm yeah, like, this thing better go no. It's better go one. I baby, but show us or be mad. But then I was like, oh my god, I sold one book. Oh my gosh, you know. So um, I did learn a lot. Well, if you are going to be a self-published author, the main thing you have to have is the the knowledge. Uh, behind you, so you have to walk there and do your own research and be hungry to learn. But also, you have to have hustle. You see a lot of these self-published artists. I know a lot of them now because I've been in the industry for almost a decade. Yeah. You sit there, you watch them. They have so much potential, but they're not doing anything. You're waiting for everything to come to you. Or if you hire someone to help you, you're not listening to that person. True. And so when you're not listening to the person you hire, number one, you're wasting their time. Number two, you're wasting your money. True. What made you, because like you said, uh, people are not putting themselves out there. What made you have the confidence to put yourself out there? Or was it just you knew you had to hustle? I knew I had to hustle. I don't, like, I was, I'm so shy. Phoenix is not even my really? real name, okay? okay. Let's be real. Phoenix <laughs> <laughs> is my alter ego. And so, okay. like, I'll channel her. Okay. But in my everyday life, like, the people who know me, like, for real, for real, they're like, I can't believe you're doing this because you're so painfully shy. And I'm like, well, you know, I need money. I can't be out here broke. <laughs> you know, I do this full vibe. I got a whole child at home. <laughs> so um, I knew that if I wanted to get to the next level, if I wanted to go number one, if I wanted to be in, you know, the magazines and all that, I had to show my face. My whole plan when I first started was you were never going to see my face. Now yeah, my face like, is damn it everywhere. Like, I'm on live streams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that was, that was the, the Zane approach, right, for the first couple of years. I don't think anyone knew what she looked like. Yeah, but that's an old school approach, though. You yeah. know, because, like, look when that's Zane true, came yeah. out. That was, like, late 90s, yeah, right? That, that's true. That's true. People want to, they want to look you up on Instagram. Like, who is this? <laughs> who wrote this? And people people want to be able to reach out to you and, and kind of, you got to touch the people nowadays. Exactly. Yeah. So, like you said, live streaming, is, is that kind of nerve-wracking being that you're a shy person where you know what people, you know what your, your listeners, you know what, what uh, 
what your audience wants to hear about and you're a shy person but you got to kind of give them phoenix <laughs> is that difficult it has been a a growth when i first started you had to like push me on stage. Mm. You had to, you had to drag me out. My best friend would be hyping me up before the show. She'd be like, "Girl, you is smart. You is beautiful. You is important. <laughs> Get your ass out there and do this. And we done traveled all this way. We done done all this. You gotta go and go That's out true. there." And uh, my publisher was the same. Well, she dragged me for my very first. Um, event. She dragged me from Chicago to Miami. Wow. And I was like, I'm not trying to go over there. I want to go nowhere else there at home. She's like, it is December in Chicago. Please yeah, tell me you are true. not passing to Miami. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but now, it, I, I still am nervous a lot of times. Like I'm, I'm a very nervous person before I have to do like any kind of anything before any kind of interview, uh, blog, live stream, uh, physical event. But at the same time, your passion has to outweigh your nerves and your insecurities, you know? Mm-hmm. So I love this industry so much. I love what I do so much. That kind of outweighs the fact that I don't feel comfortable under the spotlight. True, true. That makes a lot of sense, definitely. So I, I got another question. You don't have to answer this, but uh, so when you first wrote yeah, your Street Lit uh novel and then you you kind of pivoted and started talking uh more into erotica was you leaning on your experiences or was it just you know ideas you had in your mind oh i was leaning 100 percent on experiences okay okay. um you know like i said during college was a hell of a time um College <laughs> was a lot of fun, and it wasn't that long ago because I'm only 31. But yeah. it was a, it was like a great time. It was like an awakening, yeah. and so I had a whole lot of fun in college. And then I came back home, and I was like, oh, I can write about this. I can yeah. write about that. It's just a so name, you have to lean to, on it. Names were changed to perfect to protect the innocent. <laughs> <laughs> They're not innocent. They was right there with me, consenting. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, here's the thing though too, a lot of my readers are super surprised when they read like the stuff and they're like, Girl, you be doing sex thing, oh my god, I know your stuff like this crack and I'm like, Girl, I'm celibate <laughs> So I've been celibate for five years. Wow. Everything I'm talking about I haven't done in a long time. <laughs> but actually so. <laughs> that, that might make the writing even better because that you really got a vivid imagination. <laughs> <laughs> That is true. That is true. And, you know, because I'm on the road, like, almost every month, I know, man, I want to deal with that shit. I'm always gone, you know? It's so true. It's true. You have to, uh, you have to kind of, I have to live through my books. Nah, and plus your male audience, you, you know, you don't, you don't want your girl, you got crazy guys who read the book approaching you crazy. <laughs> you don't want your woman like that. That does happen. <laughs> there are book groupies. Oh, there are so many book groupies out here. It is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so can you, can you give a story of like the crazy? Well, how how does a, a book groupie approach you? Because they see you, you're a calm person. It's not like you out there with a big entourage. So how could they approach you? They usually approach you at an event. One of the biggest events I go to every single year is Black Writers Weekend in Atlanta. Yeah. It's uh, it's coming up actually in two weeks. Okay. So I go out there and I um I'm usually a speaker on a panel or I'm um giving away an award or something like that. 
So they'll see me, and they've seen me online. You know, they've yeah, seen me in interviews books, or whatever. <laughs> Here they come with their book, too. <laughs> They're trying to trick me. They're trying to trick me with me signing it. But so I'm like, oh, I'll be so appreciative. I'm like, oh, my gosh, thank you so much for buying my book. Yes, I'll sign it. Then they want to take a picture. So my, my friend's taking a picture of us together. I'm, I'm posing, and they're like, yeah, so you know. While me and you going back to, you know, we in a hotel, girl, wow. and there's rooms everywhere. And I'm like, let's let's not pretend, but I won't take these heels off and beat your ass. Go get on my face. No, I'm not doing that with you. The first rule my publisher told me was, do not fuck any of your label mates and do not fuck any of your readers. Now you can't, you can't, because you don't want to ruin the mystique. You can't ruin the mystique. Exactly. That's your ruin your career real quick. Thank you. <laughs> I was trying to do that. They're gonna, they're, gonna, they're gonna go on Instagram. Man, she was so calm. She was, <laughs> it wasn't nothing like the books. It wasn't nothing. And that's um, another thing too. Like I feel like if I do get with someone, I don't want them to read my books. You gonna think I'm gonna come in there whips and chains, super that's freaking you out? <laughs> But that's what your readers want. Your readers, they think you come with whips and chains every day. and <laughs> <you have it. laughs> So what about female readers? Do you have uh, do you have female readers? Are they supportive? Are they kind of judgmental? Or how, how do how do women um, react to My that? female readers are ride or die. Okay. They be like, oh, Phoenix, you be saying the shit we wish we could say. Because <laughs> like, I, I put something in the book one time. One of my characters was talking to another one, and the girl, like, her boyfriend wanted to do one of the things that she liked. And so my main character was like, look, men read from the same manual. Kiss her here. Touch her there. Lick her there. They don't know. You got to teach him. And then sometimes they have to be on the short yellow bus. That's okay. It's uh, going to take you a little <laughs> bit longer to teach him. Yeah. And so my, friend, my girls were reading. They were like, oh, yes. That's what I'm talking about. Put his ass on the yellow bus. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's true. And So you have a, a very unique perspective. And it's interesting you say you're celibate. Is it strictly for business or is it just that something you just – Felt that it was just time for you to just settle down and focus on uh, focus on your career and your child. Well, the thing was, I got really busy really quick. I was not prepared for how quickly my career was launching, and so like one day, it was literally like one day I was at home minding my business, and the next day my book was out and it was number three. Wow! So. I, everything just like sort of happening rapidly after that. People started knowing who I was, and the person I was with, with at the time could not handle that. Right. They couldn't handle the fact that I was getting so big so quickly, and I wasn't like a regular person because once you become a well-known author, you're no longer a person; you're a brand. That's true. That's true. And so, with me and then me being gone all the time, at the first my book came. My first book came out in August of twenty. I want to say 15 with the publisher. Okay. Came out August 2015. I was on the road that September. Wow. And so I was never, like, really at home. And then he was like, you know, I just can't deal. And so after that, I was like, okay, well, you know, every guy I've met after that has been, like, the same way, where it's, like, either it's your career or it's me. 
well, my career's not going to tell me they don't love me no more. <laughs> so I'm gonna choose my career. It's true. I understand. It's true. Your career is not gonna. My career ain't gonna cheat on me. <laughs> it's true. It ain't gonna make you cry. It gonna... <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I, I definitely agree with you on that. Um, is that is it something that that you fear that you think like oh man is any because this is something that I see all the time. Um, not in my personal life, but I just I just see women they get to a certain level of success where it's kind of difficult to find a mate on their level. So that's why you go 10 years, 5, 10 years being celibate or single because you can get to a certain level of success and guys are not able to uh, deal with that. Is that something you think about or is it just something you just so focused on <laughs> Phoenix Williams and, 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 and uh, being the best author you could be? I think sometimes, well, sometimes I do think about it. I'm like, man, I'm never going to, I'm going to be alone. I'm going to be that that crazy SLA with all them cats. <laughs> but in my case, it's going to be all them dogs, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know, my son going to grow up, he going to leave me. Like, I'm going to be by myself for real. So my yeah. son is 13 now, so I'm like, oh my God, I'll be about to be alone for real, for real. <laughs> but there are other times where I'm like, okay, I'm not half a person because I don't have someone with me. No, of course not. Yep. I have a very full life. You know, I have so many great friends. I have my uh, my family. I have my son. And I have my career. And then the people that I, you know, have uh, associated with in this industry. But even if I don't settle down and get married, that's not a problem for me because marriage, even when I was a little girl, most girls think about their wedding day. They don't think about I the always think about yeah. the paychecks. I was trying to give me a house. Like, I've always been, like, money-minded because my dad was always never one to be like, okay, you have to get married. He was like, no, you need to be an entrepreneur. You need to build your own career. So I've always thought that way. If I happen to meet someone one day who wants to go ahead and join me on this journey to financial freedom, feel free to come along. But I'm not going to change my, my whole, you know, path to go ahead and be some kind of traditional wife because I'm no traditional wife material at all. (laughs) Well, definitely when most people are thinking about the marriage, you think about the paycheck. (laughs) 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 But but, which honestly, which is a reasonable, a reasonable thought though, because marriage is kind of a business contract. Yes, it is a business contract. Absolutely. Yeah. And so if, if you're going to enter into that business contract, please get a prenup. I don't care if both of y'all are working at McDonald's <laughs> right now. You never know what's going to happen in the future. <laughs> true, true, true. So most of your, uh, most of your books, are they based on, um, like, the main characters? Are they usually women? Or I know the, the first one was, was a man. Uh, but do you try to always come from a woman's perspective, or do you uh, dabble in both? I dabble in both. So I write in first-person point of view. And so with that, I switch back and forth between different characters. And usually it's a male character and a female character and maybe a best friend. Um, But I do have extremely strong female characters in my books. These women are not really focused on trying to get married. They're trying to focus on getting their life together. Uh, The men are not even... They're intentional, yes, because I feel like I, the reason why I think I've done so well in this industry 
is because my books are realistic. Mm. You know, I always say this to people, I've never been on vacation, walked the beach, ran into a millionaire who instantly fell in love with me, (laughs) and we ran away together. That's never happened. And if it does, I'll let you know. Y'all be the first to know. But (laughs) that's never happened to me. My books are based on real people with real jobs and real-life problems. Okay, they got real bills. They're they trying true. to pay off student loans and stuff like that. That's true. When you have that kind of stress, your main focus is not, I have to fall in love. This is not a Disney movie, you know, because mm-hmm. this is not, you know, my prince is one day going to come. Yeah. They're trying to, like, get, just figure life out. Yeah, or get get a release in, in between uh, in between bills and work, and they still trying <laughs> to have fun. <laughs> Exactly. And then, you know, you happen to look up one day, but like, oh, shit, I, I think I might love this bitch. You know, like, yeah, you know, you know I love her. That's oh, true. my God, let me try to go ahead and, and do right or that's something true. of that nature. Like, and my characters are never, like, cut and dry. This is the good guy. This is the bad guy. Because in my very first series, we're talking about um, a family, a very, a very prominent family in Illinois, but the mm-hmm. son just happened to be a drug dealer on the side. Uh-huh. And so you're like, okay, well, he would be the the bad guy, but he's really the good guy, okay. And then he's falling in love with a woman who owns a brothel. She's a madam. You would think she would be the bad guy, but really, in my book, she's the good guy because every villain is just a victim whose story has not been told. Wow, that's true. That's amazing. That's, that's a very good perspective. <laughs> Thank you. I like that. I like that. So how can people reach out to you? How can they get your books? How can they get you to come to their city? Uh, all of that. How can they get you? So if you go on Instagram, you'll find me under Phoenix Williams Books. You can always uh, find me on Facebook under Phoenix Williams. Twitter is Phoenix underscore Williams. No S on that. If you want to see me on Snapchat, all I do is take pretty pictures. You can go ahead and uh, <laughs> follow me on this dash Phoenix W. Or you can just email me. I love emails. Email me, phoenixwilliamsbooks at gmail.com. Um, I always respond back. I'm always down to come to somebody's book club, somebody's city. I do that all the time. Okay. Nice, nice, nice. Any plans of coming to New York? No, no time soon? You know what? I've never been to New York. <laughs> <laughs> and I need to go everywhere, so you should go. And I'm like, it looks big and scary. No, um, it's not. It's not. It's just like Chicago. I have it's family just like out Chicago. there. It's just like Chicago. That, you know what? That People say that, and I go there and be like, because they told me the same thing about Atlanta. It's just like Chicago. I went down there, I'm like, maybe it's like a hot country Chicago. I don't know. But <laughs> <laughs> you I do want to go, though. You didn't get the Chicago feel in Atlanta? You didn't get the Chicago feel? No, I did not. I, I was that's not what I was feeling. <laughs> I love Atlanta though. I go every year, but my first year I was like, This is not no damn Chicago. They lied just to get me down here. Uh, <laughs> but I would love to come to New York to New York. I have never been. If I do go, I'll come like a whole entourage. Um, okay. I want to pretend like they're my paparazzi so I can feel special okay. and <laughs> walk down the street. <laughs> In New York is so crazy though. It'll be like a hundred. It'll be a hundred different groups having paparazzi. It's so many. <laughs> <laughs> I want to hire me so I can feel important. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, New York is, is is different, but it I think it's kind of like Chicago. It's just another big city, but. Uh, uh, 
hopefully you'll be down here soon and we can meet and uh, set up like a book club type of thing. Absolutely. I think I know, well, I know for sure sometime early next year they're dragging me out there. Okay. I don't know for what event, but they're like, okay, come on, we're going to New York. I'm like, okay, I guess. Nice, so nice, nice. I'll, we'll stay in touch so okay. I can go ahead and, um, you know, you and I will definitely stay in touch. I'll let you know okay. what dates I'm coming out there. All right. Thank you so much again for your time. I appreciate it. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you for having me. There you have it. There you have it. Fun conversation with Phoenix Williams. As you can tell, she's very passionate and she's very real, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to get her on the show. I I enjoy authentic people. I enjoy people who just follow themselves. They follow what they feel and just go with it and I appreciate that for I appreciate her for that, and I hope you guys continue to support her, get her books, try to get her to speak for you, go get her to a conference to a bookstore near you. We need more Phoenix Williams, we need more authors like her who are just really themselves and open and honest and uh, I appreciate that about her and about uh a lot of authors um that I've been uh, running into lately so Thank you guys for your continued support of the show. Continue to support Phoenix Williams. As always, you guys can contact me, show at averagej.com. Once again, show at averagejay.com. You can find me on Instagram, I hate average podcast, Twitter, good old Jason on Twitter. Um, I enjoy all the feedback. Thank you guys for continued support. Man. He's still going, and this is going to be another fun summer. Thank you guys again. I'll talk to you guys next week.